Welcome to this very special episode of Life in 2D with the two dudes. The Christmas special. Sat here in our Christmas dude cabin. It's not really a dude cabin, dude, is it? It's my penthouse apartment. Yeah, but there's a nice crackling fire. There is. Crackle, crackle. A nice That's the fire. pine snow-covered Christmas tree in the corner. Yes, other known as the the clothes era. <laughs> the smell of popcorn and stuff in the air. Yes. And a meowing cat. That's a reindeer. Oh, it's a reindeer. It's a reindeer. Magical. Theatre of the mind. You must use your imagination of here. Of course, yeah. So we are do- two dudes. I'm dude two. And Nick here is dude one. Um, let's do it, Nick. Let's do it. Let's, let's talk, go Christmas. Let's talk. Let's get festive. Oh, I love that word. Festive. Festive. We're going to talk about our favourite Christmas movies. Yeah, movies, memories, um, presents, um, everything really. Not food though, let's not talk food. Yeah, but all Christmas food's great, so that don't matter. It is, even Brussels sprouts. Even Brussels sprouts. Um, pigs and blankets. Pigs and blankets. If only you could have them all year round, that'd be amazing. That would be great. You can, but... Not cranberry yeah. sauce though. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know whether you should have something sweet like that on, a, on, your, on your dinner. We've got we're talking about food. It's just jam. It's just jam. It's, jam it's, a, it's a preserve, isn't it? You don't want it on your flipping dinner. But, um, how are you with the gravy situation, Nick? Do you like a little bit of gravy or do you like it flooded? Or I like it flooded. Do you like thick gravy? I like it flooded and salty. Oh, you like my sister's fucking Christmas dinner. Well, you say you like my sister. Yeah, <laughs> she's salty and flooded. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's the only thing I can't stand because when we go, we always go around to my sister's house and she always cooks or whatever for Christmas. But where she smokes, she's got no taste buds. So she oversalts everything. No. So us, us people with normal taste buds just literally go, oh, that's really nice, yeah. And then you can't put the gravy on because the gravy's like 15 ounces of bloody salt in there. And it dries up every bit of fluid in your body. Literally, and you just, yeah. yeah. So you can't get drunk. No. You're literally just boom, done. Done. So that's cool. Let's talk movies. Let, let's go on a tour let's of talk. the Christmas fest, festive. Festive. We say festive. Festive. To keep our Jewish friends happy. Well, let's say holiday then. Holidays. It's a holiday special. Holiday special. It's a holiday special. Let's talk about our favourite holiday movies, although mine are all mm, Christmas based. Christmas based movies. Nick, go first. What's your first? What? In no orders. In no orders, no but orders. I am going to start with my most favouritest of favouritest of Christmas movies. Do it. Which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What a film. What a film. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, it's. I don't know, I can't. I watch it every year without fail. It's not my favourite vacation movie. Okay. It's European Vacations, the, easily the best. Okay, but... Much, much better. Christmas Vacation is the most successful. It, and and the most Christmassy. And it's the third one. Definitely the most festive and the holidays. And it was written by... Was it? John, John Hughes. John Hughes. Mighty John no, Hughes. Mighty John Hughes. He's written quite a few films, isn't he? In He's Dark written Christmas another one on my list as well, so... Has he really? He You've has. got other John Hughes films. That's not like you, Nick. I love a bit to of John Hughes. To go down the John Hughes um, route. As the Americans would say. Mm, yeah. What what what's what what makes that so special for you? Christmas is it, vacation. Is it the because he's such a fucktard but a lovable fucktard? I grew up and it all comes good at the end. Loving Chevy Chase. Everyone did really. I love no, the vacation yeah. movies, Fletch. Yeah. All that sort of things. Yeah. Just just Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Nini nini nini. Nin. He's just amazing and it's the whole like family dynamic between them as well. They've got everybody coming to stay with them. Got some great. They've got in every there. sort of family member yes. there, haven't they? So that's that's. Cool and you can well. relate to that because yeah. we all have one of them family. We members. all have that grumpy uncle, the over the top auntie, and all that sort of stuff. Mm, the fucked so, up yeah. cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
like diluted family members turning up. What we love about Christmas though, eclectic. Eclectic and stressful. Yeah, the it's whole day's stressful. stressful, no matter what level you're on. If you're the host, it's stressful. But even if you're the lowest of lowest guests, it's still stressful because you've got to have that level of festivity in you, haven't you? But if you had Chevy Chase around for Christmas, it'd be fucking amazing, wouldn't it? Not now, because he's quite chubby, isn't he? So he probably would eat chubby most... Chase. Yeah, he probably would eat most of the food, wouldn't he, bless him? Again, it, it, it is a staple of the Christmas lineup. What we know, that film probably come out in, what, 89? Yeah. You know, that film now holds up great now. It's still on, Christ- on TV listings every Christmas. And we're what? What's, what, 30 years 30 ago? 30 years this and year. And it's still going strong. And it's still a great little film. And so. even, it's got a great little cast as well. So little Juliette Lewis in there. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Johnny Galecki. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he's uh, Leonard Bang from Theory. Big Bang Theory. And um, who did... Leonard Hofstetter, isn't it? Yeah. In that. Who did he play in... Um, Roseanne. He played the, the Darlene's boyfriend, yeah. David. David. They're still together. Well, they're separate in the new ones, aren't they? Not watched them yet. Oh. Saving them. Yeah. Saving them for a rainy day. It's a great movie. Third in the franchise for that as well. It was the third one they did. Yes. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation, the first one. And up until they did Vacation in 2015, it, it's the most successful one. Because it's a softer one. So it's a more family-orientated one, so more families went to see it, whereas one and two are a bit risque. Two, you had tits in it, in the lady in the car, isn't it? Just I remember the, the Christmas one when he's doing the when he's swimming. I don't think there's anything naughty when he's in imagining it. the swimming pool he's getting. Don't think there's anything naughty in it. Maybe not. No. I think it might be a PG. Oh, it's some ninnies in it. And you see, you see a lady pull her skirt up and that. Be Yonsi pants. Yonsi pants. Yeah. And he says nipple. Fine. But yeah, you've got a mix of everything in there, haven't you? Because obviously, when I was thinking about my films. One of my go-to ones as a kid would have been Earth and Saves Christmas. Fantastic. Again, another fucktard, a fuck-up, but lovable. And you really, really wanted him to succeed. You wanted him to save Christmas. And obviously, you know he's going because it's in the title, but it's not a most. I've never seen an Ernest film. Leave off. You can't see them either. They're, not, they're really, really hard to find. They're on, I started watching one on YouTube the other day, Ernest Goes to Jail. Ernest, Ernest goes to camp. It's a quite good one. Ernest goes camp. Yeah, yeah. He just camps up. He's just uh, pretty good. He's good at camping up. Yeah. It's that face and the situations he gets himself into. It, it, that, the comedy's not great now. Doesn't really hold up now. But then, as a kid, it was like the best thing ever. Slaps the comedy, isn't it? Whereas for me, Christmas Vacation, the comedy still holds up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Go ahead. Hit me with yours. What, well, rhythm stick or yeah. selection? Uh, so I'm going to go old. Um, I haven't really watched this film for a while. It, I came close to watching it the other day after finishing work. But I realised it was the wrong movie. So all you guys out there, my option number one is Santa Claus the Movie with Dudley Moore. 1985-86 probably. Um, great film. All the way through it. it, it it's about... A, Elf, he's not, he's not getting his buttons pressed at the North Pole. He goes into the New York City, realises he can make loads of money doing for this massive toy firm, and he falls out of Father Christmas. But then he makes it all up again, and it's it all does. fine. It's a beautiful film. When I said I almost watched it the other day, it's not because it was on the telly. I now get that one confused with the Santa Claus. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah. This is not a bad movie. It's not, not you're not awful. 
But when I switched over, thinking it was Santa Claus the movie, and it was Tim Allen on there with a white beard, I was like, no. No. Yeah, there was no... What, what was his neighbour called? Al. There was, no, it wasn't Al, was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. In, yeah. Al was his mate, wasn't he? Yeah. I uh, can't fucking remember. Tim the Tall Man Taylor. Anyway, doesn't matter. That film, like your National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's on every year still. It's it's on this year. I've seen the trailer for it on ITV2. It's not on the mainstream anymore, but the mainstream's gone more cartoony sort of films. Yeah. And drawn the Christmas Day, Boxing Day sort of thing. So them sort of films have taken over somewhat. But it's it's got a little bit of swearing in it, but not anything harsh. It's got some homeless kids in it. It speaks volumes about the divide in New York City and stuff like that, which is cool. And it's a little bit gritty. It's a little bit teary in places, but it's, yeah. I always felt bad for that kid at the start. Remember that we waved at the wee little girl on the window? Yeah. Oh, I always felt sad for him there. I didn't. That might be the first Christmas film I can remember seeing that yeah, wasn't a, like a probably, cartoon special. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, some people will say you need to say Miracle on 34th Street and all no. that sort of stuff. But to me, it's too stiff. I don't like it when they go too serious with it. Yeah, I don't... Uh, a Christmas film should be... There should be a little bit of peril in it, which they've both got. Your film and my yep. film got a little bit of peril in it. But then again, you know that peril's going to be covered up quite quickly with some slapstick or some one-liner pun from Dudley Moore. It's a king of it, isn't it? Legend. Fan- fantastic. One of the best, one of the greats. And it, obviously, if he was alive today, he'd be pretty old. He would have had a massive career after that, wouldn't he? Mm. Alcohol... And a heavy schedule. And Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He wouldn't remember his lines in, would he, really? No. So what's your next one, Nick? So I'm going to go with uh, Scrooged. Oh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, Scrooged. Oh, classic. That is a great film. 88. That's... There's two levels of that, isn't there? There's the actual one you'll watch if you've got Now TV, other platforms are available. And then there's the one on the TV, because there'd be a lot cut out on the TV one. Because that is a bit more darker isn't it it's a darker one a bit more swears in it a little bit of swears um might be a bit of nip in it might be a nip bit of suggestion of sex maybe yeah drug use maybe in there as well which is pretty cool and loads of dead stuff yeah dead um taxi driver bloke can't remember who plays him but he's brilliant just all around that movie again still played every year you're engaged all the way through and you can sit down like your kids can sit down the older ones obviously yeah could sit down and watch that and they'd be engaged all the way through wouldn't they there's something going on and it's a little bit scary in a little places, bit. when i was little i was terrified of the one that yeah, lifted it yeah. hated it yeah. when he opens the thing he's got all the souls and shit there yeah directed by the legendary richard donner of course yeah. Who brought us such... Did he invent Donna Kebabs as well? No, but he did do the Goonies and Superman. Oh, <laughs> close to Donna Kebabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously a modern retelling of the classic Dickens A Christmas Carol, but yeah. with the legendary... Bill Murray. Hilarious Bill Murray. Did you know that after making Ghostbusters, Bill Murray decided to take a break from film? Hello, and this what? was his first film back four years later. Really? It was. And he was umming and ahhing about it because he didn't want to be associated by two films in a row that were dominated with ghosts. Almost didn't take it. The the good thing about Bill Murray in most of the films he's in are on like striped, obviously, Ghostbusters. Meatballs. Meatballs, Sorrel Scrooge as well. Delivers his lines as if he's almost ad libbing. <laughs> yeah. Making stuff up on the spot. And that to me is a good thing. So I'd like to know whether he did actually any of it was just left to him, left to his own devices. You'd like to think so, because people like Eddie Murphy now, they were given huge ad lib rules in their films, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and almost... like my future one, um, my next one, which you don't like, um, there's a lot of ad lib in that, 
and not as much as he normally has in most of his films, but there is quite a bit in there as well. So lovely little role for Karen Allen in that film as well. Yes, yes, and she was still hot at that point. Bobcat Goldthwait, got to love him. You got to. Yeah. First memories of him for me was uh, Police Academy. Yeah, and if you guys don't know who Bobcat Goldthwait is, it's Zed from Police Academy. Yeah. And Robert Mitchum, of course. Yes, bloody hell. That's probably one of his hours. last films, wasn't it? He probably died in 91 or something like that. During that film, he was one of the ghosts. Huh? Yeah, and later on he was a ghost himself. Whenever I hear someone say Lumpy, it makes me think of that film. Really? Yeah, I don't know. If anyone says Lumpy to me, it's like they've made the custard wrong or something. Gravy. It's just really... Oh, no, I've had Lumpy Gravy. I still have it. It went like a plot that comes on your plate. Gross. Nice. Christmas plot. Go on, <laughs> Christmas plot. Everyone has a Christmas plot, Nick. You've got to make room for you after, isn't it? Um, my next one, not your favourite. Elf. Boo. Be my second one. You're not a fan. No. Have you seen it? Yeah, lots. My kids you love like it. it. It's, that's the thing. You're not a kid. I'm a kid at heart. So the whole film for me just resonates brilliantly. The bit at the beginning, you must have liked that bit where he's testing, he's testing the toys and he's testing the jack-in-the-boxes. And that face, like that, because he knows it's coming, the peril of the jack coming out, but it still scares him every time. Brilliant. That face says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just not, I don't, I'm not, I don't know Will Ferrell. It's a Will Ferrell thing, isn't it? It's not the film. If it's someone else playing that elf character, you'd be all over it, wouldn't you? It's just the fact that it's him. Oh, totally. Yeah. So for me, that film. Well, I don't know though, because some of the maybe some of the stuff he does, which is very Will Ferrell, also puts me off from it. But you like him with Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah, but he's only a little bit, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but he's good in that, isn't he? I do like that bit where he thinks the monkeys are just great. Yeah, and the Winnie the Pooh bit. Um, that film for me is brilliant all the way through. It's fantastic all the way through. It's good. There's the snowball fight with the his brother-in-law in it. No, stepbrother in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all good, all the way through. And the whole film is just Christmassy, it's nice. And it's it's that, got the feel-good factor. It's I'll got that, that peril at the end, and they all have to start singing that song. It's <laughs> got, we both love um, Zooey Deschanel, don't we? Mm-hmm. Zooey? Was it just Zoe, but yeah. Deschanel. Um, Joby. Yeah, we both love her, so she's cool. And it's just got a really good cast, hasn't it? It's Kyle Gass. <laughs> Kyle Gass is in there. <laughs> Um, who's the guy that's in Game of the Thrones, a little midget? The handle that he plays the giant in uh, Avengers, yeah. Can't think of his name. He's a little tiny fella. Yeah. Who is he? Can't think. He's in other stuff, isn't he? Anyway, he's in it as well, isn't he? Start to finish, good. But we can both relate to that because uh, both of us are fatherless. Oh, we didn't have to bring that up, Nick. The difference being, I wouldn't go looking for mine. Fucking. I might go looking for mine at Christmas just because he owes me a shed load of presents. Like I say, one of them films plays Buddy the Elf, goes out to find James Cairn, um, he plays his dad Walter, Peter Dinklage. That's it, Dinklage. Yeah. Um, and his dad's played by Ed Newhart, which I don't know the name, no. but he's been in loads of films. I'm sure if you IMDb'd him, you'd recognise the stuff he's in. Don't know what you're talking about. Michael's really old now. Um, John Favreau film, mm-hmm. so, you know, good stuff. What's your third, Nick? My third is a, a classic. Go. Bringing back some John Hughes into the into the game. Okay. With Home Alone. Ah, see, I wouldn't watch it over Christmas. It's a good film, fantastic film. Have you seen the recent thing on yep. Thingy with um, Sylvester Stallone? I can't even tell you his name in it. Kevin McAllister. Kelly, of course it is. Kevin McAllister. Sounds like a Scottish footballer. I love the Home Alone one. Weirdly. I kind of secretly think I like the second one more, but... Oh, Lost in New York? Yeah. Donald Trump's in that. He is. He ruffles his head. Yeah. Um, Home Alone, it's just, it's just 
It's brilliant. I love it. Everything about yeah, it is great. It's, yeah. As a kid, you wanted to be him. Obviously, you know, this little kid, cleverer than the adults that he's trying to fend off, that are trying to break into his house, played by Joe Pesci. And the recently out of retirement Joe Pesci. Yeah, he's in the Irishman at the moment, which is, well, allegedly a cracking film, but I don't know if I want to sit through it. Why? Because it's three and a half hours long. Yeah. Have you sat through it? Not yet. Are you on it? When I get three and a half hours spare. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. When I get three and a half hours spare, I'll watch it. Sounds good to me, doesn't it? It's got... It's, it's, listen to the, like, the, the, the killer things associated with it. Written by John Hughes. Boom. Scored by John Williams. Bang. Directed by Chris Columbus. Bomb. And was the highest grossing Christmas film until The Grinch animated in 2018. Really? Oh, everyone wanted the top boy. Which is a, For number two, I had that. Two, that yeah, was, that yeah. was a great one. Was that a Christmas one as well? Happy to be careless too. Hey, did that come out Christmas number two? Yeah, he goes to New York for Christmas. Oh, it keeps his mum and dad are very thoughtful of that. They make a joke about that, don't they? They say it's become a family tradition. Yeah, and I also like the thing that um, Macaulay Culkin done recently. Yes. Where he paid an Uber driver and picked them both up, didn't he? That was great. That was fantastic. I would love it if Joe Pesci could have got involved, but it was In only the, um, yeah. the other guy, Marv. Yeah, it was. It, really really good in it it's a nice thing and i don't know why but i always think it's judge reinhold in that it's not is it no it's um the other guy it looks really stupidly old now though judge reinhold is in uh santa claus gremlins <laughs> yeah and the santa yeah. claus yeah um, which i found to my peril the other day because i thought it was santa claus the movie um yeah it's on the list for me as well i've got to say it's a great film but i like i say if it was on and it was that or something else I'd pick the something else I don't know why I think the other great thing about Home Alone is how many Christmas songs do you hear in a shop or something and instantly think Home Alone not me a lot no. I haven't seen the film that much Macaulay Culkin films if I was picking a Macaulay Culkin film for me Uncle Buck yep every every time John over, Hughes again <laughs> yeah again over Home Alone it'd be Uncle Buck Uncle Buck came first as well didn't mm-hmm. it before that so what else do you like about it? Obviously, it's the the booby traps he sets up. For it's, it's the whole it's Christmas. The, you know, he builds Christmas for himself. You imagine if you, can you imagine being a kid on your own, do whatever you want for Christmas? Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, the booby trap part of it's great. They nicked it in the uh, Skyfall James Bond film, which part of home alone to me. Yeah. He does that. And I was reading the thing the other day, and it's given time to prepare. Who are the two most dangerous people around? And it's Kevin McAllister and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Of course so, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're both in the same league. It, it, they are. Yeah. Kevin McAllister probably kick Batman's butt, wouldn't he? Well, he'd, he'd make him stand on ball balls and throw irons at him and bricks and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Put spider in the Yeah. I hated that bit when I was little. The spider bit terrified no, me. Not fucking no, spiders. Not, uh, no, the torch, the flame torch on his hat. That's yeah. the only one I thought. Oh, and then because the effects then were great, weren't they? <laughs> Obviously, you watch it now and you can actually see the flames moving away from his yeah. hat and stuff got yeah. it but yeah back then it's like wow his head's on fire have they done that that's cool what Keep year was the that change your filthy animal what year was it though? 1990 jesus crumbs that that seems like years ago doesn't it 90 and the second one was 92 i think yeah about that wasn't it donald trump was still fiddling with women then as well probably still is now oh, yeah bless him russian ambassadors and ukrainians and my stuff. final one nick um is uh, a, a real, real doozy. Uh, it introduced us to the the comedic amazingness of Eddie Murphy. Um, Dan Aykroyd was, I think this is his only second film 
or third film at the time. Um, it came out in 1982, so it's a great early one. It's got some Jamie Lee Curtis boobies in it. Yes, and she's hot in it. Mm. She just is. Yeah. In that, she is stunning. Mm. And that film is Trading Places. Trading Places. Trading Places, fantastic. Absolutely so for amazing. For you guys that haven't seen it, Dan Aykroyd plays a very wealthy... Is he a merchant banker or something like that? He... Well, they're traders, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, you know, upper class, lives with a butler, got a very posh girlfriend. His Never life... wanted for anything. No, no, his life is what he needs of it. Um, and then you you get introduced to the con artist that is Eddie Murphy on a little sliding, like, cart thing, isn't it? My legs, Tending, my yeah, legs. pretending he's, um, he's a Vietnam, Vietnam vet. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and blind as well, doing the old Stevie Wonder. And then um, the two officers get him by the arms, lift him up, and his legs drop down. It's just a great moment, isn't it? The, the film is then, oh, this is going to be good. And then, the who are the two old dudes? See, I can't think because... Because they're in Coming to America as well. Yeah, they? all I've got in my head is Statler and Waldorf, but that's the Muppets. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's that, they're the two characters, basically, isn't it? The yeah. Muppets characters. So anyway, they have this wager, don't they? That they can turn anyone... One dollar. Yeah. Um, but at that point, we don't know... Am- Do we, they mention them out no. then? No, they just say, right, I'll the make end a bet with you, yeah. You, you just killed our lives for that. Anyway, and they, they, they make this wager that they can make anyone, the scum of the earth, as powerful as um, he is in, in the film, isn't it? And Eddie Murphy is that bum. Yeah. They, they bring through, and he ends up being a really good trader and all this other stuff. And then Dan Ackwood's life goes the opposite way. And that's when he's introduced to the stripper that is Jamie Lee Curtis. He becomes um, a, a homeless alcoholic. Yeah. And Christmas him in the Farmer Christmas, nicking all the stuff from yeah. the buffet. And that huge salmon he gets in there and stuff. It's just a, a, a brilliant moment, isn't it? I love the bit on, on the train. With the gorilla. Yeah. And he gets locked in there with the gorilla, doesn't he? The, brilliant. The bloke that gets all tr- nicks all the trading secrets of the orange juice f- um, results, wasn't it? Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a quality film. I haven't read up on that film. I've just seen what year it came out. But I haven't read up on that, and I remember it so vividly because it's such a great film. And um, it's just it's just one of them films that, again, you can put on and you have to watch it again, either on DVD, Now TV, or whatever it's on streaming levels, because you have to watch it. Because when it's on telly, there are bits now cut out because it was 1982, so you could get away with... Um, black slurs, racial slurs, that sort of stuff, and and a little bit more booby in it than normal, because um, there's a lot of booby in it. And again, some the house party he has, they all yeah. seem to get topless quite quickly, don't they? So Norton, Norton, yeah, one yeah. of us called Norton, yeah. They all and and that's that big black bloke in it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's I used to do that all the time as a little kid. Eddie I, Murphy ad libs his way through that movie with absolute oh, it's grace, just just brilliant. And if he had a hint of that, his stardom from then to the films he's doing now, it could just be amazing. It could be amazing, but I think he's lost it. I think he's lost his way. Well, he started doing them shitty family films. Yeah, but they... Pluto Nash and... You know, you've seen the side of his house. It's massive. But so he's obviously done well. They've just but. announced Come to America 2 is being filmed Come currently. Come to America 2. Beverly Hills yeah. Got 4 is coming out. Yeah, and they'll probably do a Golden, Golden Child, Child movie, again. Which yeah. is, again, one of my favourite 80s movie. films of all time. Golden Child. Give me the knife. Yeah, it's just great. We've both done the, the actual movements on With the, hands, on the scroll thing that he does as well, isn't it? which is good. 
We we are both techno gods. Um, Eddie Murphy so, yeah. for me, growing up, was it should my favourite comedy have made more Christmas movies, shouldn't he? To be fair, but it it just, it just didn't. So. And his career kind of after Trading Places went into Beverly Hills Cop, which wasn't even written for him. So who was it written for? Then? Sylvester Stallone. Oh, because they wanted something a bit more. Yeah, and they gave it to Eddie Murphy, and he said, "As long as I don't have to stick to the script." Ah, oh, cool. And then, well, they're just amazing films. Uh, three, not so much. One and two are fantastic. <laughs> there are elements of three that I really enjoy, though. Talking about one and three and all that sort of stuff. Um, going off topic slightly, but it does bring us back to a Christmas movie because Back to the Future. It was one, two, and three have been on ITV two lately. Right. Um, one, I love it, fantastic, mm-hmm. and obviously. For the, our movie geeks out there that are going to be listening to this podcast, you will know if you've seen Gremlins and you've seen Back to the Future, it's the same, um, the town square yep. and all that's exactly the same. So there's that link for the Christmas thing. But just, I asked this question to quite a few people in the weeks just gone. I haven't asked you, movie geek dude one. What's your favourite Back to the Future movie? Two. Everyone said two. No one said one, which is... It should be one because it's groundbreaking. It started off and all that sort of stuff. For me, it's three. I know. Oh, I can't say three. Two and three are done oh, okay. simultaneously because at the end of two, you have the photograph. Yeah. Yeah. It comes running back and says about the and it says the trailer for Wild Wild West, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. all that, not the Jim West one. Yeah. I just watched it the other day and I just thought it's brilliant. Obviously, it doesn't. Some of it doesn't hold up well. But uh, anyway, we've gone a little bit off topic, but. For you, it's two. Definitely two. For me, it's three. Because Back to the Future 2 has elements of its own movie and one. I think... Make it the perfect film. If they ever done Back to the Future Part 4, where it's left off the, the end of three, where it's obviously on the locomotive, they've turned the locomotive into it as well. That's pretty cool. And I like the whole idea of it. In time time travel is just bad news, basically, isn't it? Yep. That's what he says all the way through number three. Probably the movies I remember most for product placement, and especially Pepsi and Nike. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, that was that was it, wasn't it? Nike, for me, first came on the scene where I thought, oh, I want some Nike trainers as Terminator. Where he's yep. getting dressed in the Car super, Reese, yeah, yeah. superstore. And you see the Nike high tops, and it's like, oh. So that's the sort of movies you would watch at Christmas. But let's get to earlier in the day in Christmas, Nick. What's your best Christmas present? Best Christmas present? See, that wouldn't so much be earlier in the day for me because the format oh, in my family through all different. the times is you get up in the morning, you get your sack of gifts from Santa Claus, right? And then you get your couple of little gifts that you get, and then you have your bath and your breakfast and, you, and you, you watch your bit of telly and have a film and that, but you don't get your main presents till after tea. Really? After dinner, yeah. And that's exactly how I do it with my kids now as well. Why? Because otherwise you give them everything to do in the morning, they've opened it and they're bored for the rest of the day. Or the toys that they've just got is more important than anything else. Yeah, but it's normally a computer, so you don't see them for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. They'll be hidden. So there's no computers in my house at Christmas at all, and they're not allowed what any about of their... phones? They can have phones. As long as it's at the living room, but no phones at tea times. No. But, yeah, no big presents until after dinner. So for me, my favourite present ever mm. that I got on Christmas Day, it was very early on, and it was the A-Team van. Oh, cool. Nice it's one. the big A-Team van by Mattel. Yeah with the BA that my granddad bought me. Mm. And I was really, really young, but I remember it so, so clearly being chuffed having that and my mate Stephen coming around and it, yeah. we playing with it and stuff. That beats the Millennium Falcon, it beats the AT&T I had the and stuff AT like that. Yeah, I had it. It, is, it was my favorite thing ever. I had it, it was, it was great, but mine was a hand-me-down. Because oh. my brother had it first, because my brother had the original one. Um, but if I remember rightly, the original one was just an empty 
van. That was great. I had two seats in front yeah. and then nothing in the back. Nothing. And it was like, if, if I still had it, it would be amazing. But I haven't. You throw it all away, you don't think everything's going to be worth anything later on, do you? So it's just a one, that's your favourite present of all time? But I, because from my childhood, I remember that more vividly and everything else. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff I played with more and that lasted longer with me, but just the memory of getting that. Yeah, yeah. That year was great. And there was the year I got the entire He-Man set as well. Did your mum go mental, money-wise? And... My mum couldn't go mental money-wise because she didn't have any. Oh, it was your grandparents. But, but it was my grandparents. That... Grandparents because I'm too Because my mum was a single mum, and so Leave my grandparents off. spoiled me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one thing we've both got in common, single parent families, my mum done her best. She done exactly what, you, you know, she, she would skin herself out. She had catalogues and things like that. And she, you know, Christmas to us was a fuss, but obviously my birthday being five days after Christmas, uh, it was always like she had to think about the two days as well. So for me, the best, the very, very best present I've got, there's lots of other little ones I thought, wow, they're amazing. And I have thought about this quite a bit since you mentioned it. Is when she got my rally activated too. Mm. Push bike, yep. for all you people that don't know. It was a full suspension push bike. Um, she ordered it from next door's catalogue because hers was already maxed out <laughs> from the last Christmas yeah. store. And she ordered it and it was meant to be on the 23rd of December. Turned up on the 2nd of November. Oh. And next door couldn't have it in their house because they're that, you know, people around and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So it needed to be in our house. But then it wasn't in a full box then. It basically, they brought it through and I, I woke up one morning, come downstairs and I was like, mum, what's in that box? And she was like, nothing, it's Kelly's Christmas, uh, Christmas present off Uncle Joe. Did you do it like I'm Brad like, Pitt? Huh? What's in the box, man? What's in the box? Nah, no, I've done a bit like Noel Edmonds. Anyway, this box, it wasn't a box. You could see the bottom of the wheels, and I knew it was a mountain bike, and Kelly wanted a road bike, a racer. Mm, and a, racer well, bike, yeah. Racer bike, as we called them. And I was like, Mum, it's obviously a mountain bike, because I could see the tyres. She was like, no, 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 it's not. And she's tried covering it with uh, blankets and stuff. But there was flaps. You could mm. open the flap up, so you could see this whole bike. And yeah. it was like, she's got me red activated too. All my mates on Christmas Day were all, what do we call them, dual parent systems? I don't know. Mum and dad's, like, more money. They all work children, and yeah. all that sort of stuff and all that. Yeah. So they all had, always Same. had all way better stuff than I had. But I come out of my Rally Activator 2 with 18 years, full suspension, and um, Steve-O, of course, the road the best pal other than yourself, he come out on his British Eagle, which was 11,000 foot tall, mm. and front suspension. And he was like, check this out, what have you got? Oh, and his face just dropped. Uh-huh. I had a rally activator too. That was £279. That was like the creme de la creme. The rear shock on it was a rubber bung. <laughs> and that's it, but that's full suspension. You I say that, it. you brought back some weird memories. Do you remember back when, this, I mean, for people listening, this is going to be obscene almost, but when you wanted to order off a catalogue, there was a little paper form in the back and you had to fill the form out yep, and yep. send it away. You had to send it away, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. wait to see what happened. Exactly. And then you got, a, you just got the parcel through. You just have to wait and see if it come here. There was no, yeah. like, we'll deliver it by this time. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You get it when you get it. Imagine it now, knowing that you could have it the next day next with Amazon day. or anyone else. Yeah, but for me, that, that was the best. Mm. That was the greatest because I never thought I'd get something like that. That mm. was a huge thing. Um, but I'd had a few bikes in the past and after that as well because that one got nicked on my paper round. Um, there's other presents that I, I wanted that I shouldn't have really had because I was a heterosexual boy. 
Um, like Barbie. I wanted, I wanted a post office. All oh, right. Which was cool. Which is like a folding case that opened up and the doors opened and it had weighing scales on it and all that sort of stuff. It was really cool. I also had. Do you remember the wooden cabinet? Yep. Toolkit. Toolkit. I had yeah. that too. It's weird you say that because my wife's favourite present when she was a kid was her post office. It's, it, it was brilliant. And it, all my aunties and uncles would come around on Christmas Day and, and my birthday after that would sit down and play with me and all that sort of stuff. Not in a Gary Glitter kind of way. It, uh, play with me with the post office. It was brilliant. We made this garage on my birthday and he said, get your toolkit out. And he was a carpenter, boat yep. builder from when he left school. And it was like, it was, it was my, growing up, he was my idol. Because we used to go around there house Christmas Day. When he, you know, he gets his toolkit out. And my little saw looked like his saw. And it was brilliant. And we made this bloody uh, awesome little car garage thing. And yeah, and I chuffed the bits of it. And then I sold the whole kit to my mate Gary down the road for six quid. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was brilliant. But I was like, oh, I'll pay 35 quid for that bloody toolkit. I was like... I was never into them sort of play sets because I always had like figures yeah. and, and sets. I never had I never had like a post office or like a, a bank or a fucking, I don't know what else you buy. I like, like a that. tool set. I or... like the role play sort of stuff because obviously as a kid and still now at nearly 40, I would like to go to Andram and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, and I just like playing a role. Really. That's all like, that's yeah, same cool. here. That's, it was always had to be figures or something for me. And you play that role that yeah. way, so you're more like a directorial sort of yeah. aspect to it. So you're directing their play. Plus, so it was mine as a kid, that actor. My grandparents right. sport me so much that every new fad that came out, be it He-Man or Thundercats or Transformers or Star Wars, yeah. I got it. Yeah. And I had it all, and my mum gave it all to our next door neighbour. Oh. Who as I heard, still had it as an adult and sold it. Really? For a pretty penny. I had Castle Greyskull, Snakes Mountains. Oh, I didn't... I, I had a tank. few He-Man stuff, but my main... When I got into figures, that was Ghostbusters. Mm. I had yep. the, the Ghostbusters station, Ecto-1. You'd, you'd press a little button and go, bleh, make yeah, bass and Ecto-1. I had lots of slime before it was a thing. Oh, I never had Ecto-1. Yeah. Um, I had... I've still got my Slimer. Have you? From that set, yeah. Jesus Christ. I had loads of stuff and it, the thing with that sort of stuff, because of the slime and all that, and I was a bit of a prick with it, um, I used to make a lot of mess. Mm. So my mum used to put it that way, put it <laughs> out of the way. Obviously Lego was great growing up, fantastic, but it wasn't, you knew you were going to get Lego. Yeah. Lego was an we'll easy get thing. We were getting. Not as expensive as it is now, was it? No, no. And uh, Scalectrics should be on my greatest lists. There's pictures of me as a kid. I've got a snake, a turbo snake skateboard. Yeah. Um, yellow and red. I had a Bruce and, Lee skateboard. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. And I had the yellow and red arm pads and helmet and stuff, and everyone had a go, and it was all funny. And, yeah. There's other stuff that I loved, but for me, Rally Activated 2 still. I had, I just, you reminded me, I got, I had my Bruce Lee skateboard. I didn't get it for Christmas, so it's off, off Kilter. I got it for my birthday off my uncle. They took me to Baffin's Pond. Oh. Baffin's Pond with me. Uh, you can't skate over Baffin's with, Pond. With it's not Back to Future 2, Nick. With my Bruce Lee skateboard, and I got down to the bottom and I got attacked by a swan. Did, did Bruce Lee actually endorse the skateboard? Nah, he didn't say. He didn't I don't say. think it came from him. No, I, I don't think, think. My uncle bought it from Argos, not. Oh, right, okay. And Argos just bought Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee yeah. skateboarding. It's it was, the man room together. It was white, and it just had a big picture of Bruce Lee doing his little pose on it with a nunchucks. Sweet. Yeah. And it, I took it out, and I got attacked by a swan. 
because they didn't like Bruce Lee or racist, racist one? Racist ones, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they are quite white. Yeah, white yeah. supremacy, aren't these ones? Look pretty. Very much so. Yeah, that's the presence of our youth, really, wasn't it? As it's got older, how have you found presence and stuff? Do you, are you... Because you're still into your stuff, aren't you? You're still into your... I still collect stuff, yeah. Yeah, so for you, presents and stuff are a, a pretty... A big thing still, isn't it? Whereas Plus me... I've got kids as well, so it's still the same sort of atmosphere. Cause yeah, I, also, I don't get that anymore. I find as I get older, that it's more... What I'm going at is do you still like Christmas? Yeah, I love it. I love it still. Because, yeah. We're, we're both in the tail end of our 30s, and we both love Christmas still. You ask people younger than us... Like Sam, for instance, he's only 30, hates Christmas. Um, I asked a girl that came into the shop the other day, she's 23 years old. Oh, you're all excited for Christmas and all that sort of stuff? No, don't like it. I mean, I work with why? a bunch of youngsters and I say to him, oh, it's Christmas, I like hate Christmas. But why? Why is that? Why is it gone down now? Because why they it... don't have that whole, where, where you've got phones and things, you don't have that family thing that we had when we were no. little. We didn't no. sit around and do stuff together. There's nothing much to do, was there? You had a board, everyone had a board game at Christmas. We still do it Boxing Day. You get that, which is what you should do, yeah. That's, but we're, you know, we're not spouting too old Biddy spouting off about what we're we should do. Exactly, yeah. It's just a lot, I would say probably 65% of families still do that sort of stuff. They still sit down, they'll have their meal at set times. They'll Watch the their, Queen's speech. Most people will, normal people will do the presents in the morning. Not you weird people do it whenever you do it. Are you a turns each sort of person? So do you go, right, you open your present first and you all watch that person? Or we do, what, do you all just we, grab no, one no, each no, and what you do, all together? No, no, we, give them each, we all give them each one at a time. Oh, right, okay. Because the worst thing, I said a minute ago, the worst thing is now I find that when I'm going around my, like, my mother-in-law's house. And you're like, everyone's and, that. Yeah, and they give you a present and everybody's staring at you like you've ah. got like, a massive bogey on your face. Have I? And you get the present, and you and you you normally won't be excited about it. So then you have to do that. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's really good. Like your acceptance speech. And then they'll go, "Do you really like it?" No, honestly, do you like it? Because I'm taking it back. Do you like it? Honestly, and you're like, "I love it. It's fine. It's brilliant. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't want. To... I really wanted this tin opener from Next. Yeah. Or anyone Bins, else. But I work there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a gift certificate for the shop I work in. No, Christmas for me. Although I moan about it sometimes because. I never get to do what I actually want to do. I have to be told where I'm going, and and you have to. If you don't turn up, people are gonna go yeah. and make people cry and stuff. But it, it, I still enjoy it. And but I'm I'm very much on the aspect now of like I like to be with my family for a selection of time, and then. But I also now older I've got do like to be on my own a bit more. Right. I didn't have an, even have a Christmas tree up last year. Yeah, yeah. one now. Huh? Apart from the big one we got in the corner, the big Alpine this one. This huge one. Christmas little cabin that we're in, top, in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, we're just, well, we're not too far away from the North Pole, are we? No. To be fair. No. No, but Christmas tree is going to go up. There's going to be some cool stuff in here. Um, I want a little fire on that wall where the TV is. That'd be cool. And yeah, Christmas, it's, I love the summer. I love everything about the summer. I love the sun, the sea, the surf getting out and about on our bikes and stuff which we'll do more next year and you know actually the whole the days are longer and all that sort of stuff in it but this year there's nothing better coming home from work on a sunday once you've finished work you just throw up do a, a fleecy blanket on you whack a christmas film on bosh mince pie bingo what about food then nick so we started off talking about the food and that sort of stuff so are you traditionalist at your house do you have like uh, a breakfast do you have a cooked breakfast we have or... a good breakfast yeah 
And then, then after quick breakfast, we shower. Everyone has a shower. Yeah. And then you get you can you know if you've got new pajamas or new clothes, that's what you'll be wearing. And then we don't do lunch. That's the thing, isn't it? The new clothes thing. Everyone will get their new clothes they've just got. Well, what I've started doing now since my kids got a little bottle, we now do a Christmas Eve box, so they get their pajamas and that. And that so yeah, yeah. So they can that's, wear to bed that's that good. Night. Yeah. So that is a good thing. Um, uh, because I work in shitty retail, I'm at work on Christmas Eve, so I don't get to see them until the evenings. But mm. uh, so it's always nice to do that then. And but then no, no lunch on Christmas Day because you have your dinner. No, yeah, you don't need. You have an early dinner, dinner, you have a big dinner, and then you have a tea. Yeah, yeah, you have tea, cold meats, and that sort of stuff, is it? You, but, but obviously we don't buy too much because Boxing Day is the. But as I've got older, Boxing Day is now on the day I go to mum's, and we all go to my mum's. Yeah. And we're all there, and we play board games, and yeah. Because that, that's just always been that way, and I like to impart that on my children to say this is what it's about. It's not about sitting in your bedroom Showing and playing them like the template of what they should yeah. be doing when they're older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But with, with me, um, even as a little kid, we always spin it to start with when I was a little, little kid, which I can't really remember what I'm told. We used to, when my dad left my mum, we used to go to Michael Jim's, which was literally just around the corner from us, yeah. Christmas Day, because they had loads of money and they had, they'd make a big thing of it. And he'd make a beeline for me, and it, it, they'd spoil me rotten and stuff. I don't really remember it, so I can't really say too much. But then we never seemed to, up until quite late in life, we never seemed to spend Christmas Day at our own house. It was always at other people's houses. Um, so that, that, that horrible pull away from the toys that you just opened at your own home, yep. the reason it first being... And again, like you, sort of one by one, yep. go around. But there was none of that, like, oh, thanks, because everything you got was amazing because yes. you were a kid. And, yeah, and you, you appreciate know, Everyone everything. was cool. We now live in a world where nobody appreciates fucking anything unless it costs a thousand pounds. Exactly, unless it's got a knife, the yeah. front of it, or whatever, yeah. So, you know, my brother's kids, they're 10 and 8. The 8-year-old wants a fucking iPhone 11, <laughs> and the 8-year-old wants an iPad the newest iPad, the posh one, yeah. like the, the Pro or whatever it is. And it's like, why? What are they doing on it they need? The, the, I, I don't get it. Anyway, so we'd have the, the Breco, and then you'd hear that knock at the door. It'd either be my dad or Uncle Rob. If it was my dad, he'd normally turn up before Christmas, give me a couple of quid, and give it the fake tears and all that sort of stuff, and, and then do one back to his nice posh house. Oh, so that's, where, that's where we differ, because I've never saw You know, I've never saw that, never. yeah. Uncle Robert turned up about 10 o'clock. He'd get the whole family in a little tiny car, which obviously is fucking properly frowned on now. Hmm. Um, I'd sit in like the very, very back of this fucking Renault 11. I remember doing that, having to sit on people's laps or sit on the yeah, floor in the back. Yeah, you'd be <laughs> everywhere, wouldn't you, in the car. Now, you see that, it's like, fucking hell. Get that man straight to the yeah. police station. Fucking hell. And we'd go there and we'd turn up at their house and my auntie was probably pissed at that point at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't spoil their kids at Christmas. So they spoiled their kids on their birthdays. So we'd go round from our single parent mum's house with loads of smart stuff. Yeah. And these guys, who both their parents worked and earned loads of money, would have a spud gun or fucking things like that. So that's why, cool. yeah. yeah, they're all on you, on you straight away. My sister used to go off with my cousin Mel and do her own thing. My brother used to go off with Chris and I used to be stuck with the dogs and the cats. I remember they got this horrible point where I became a sort of teenager and then I would go and play football and box and lay. Nah, oh, 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 all day long. Always family. No, I really regret that. Christmas Day, it, Boxing Day, I was allowed out on my bike or whatever to go and see friends and stuff like that. But you always only had an hour. Hmm. Had an hour, because we always had rallies coming round. Um, and then most of them are dead now, to be fair. 
Um, and then obviously that stretched then to your birthday. So from Christmas Day to my birthday, that was always there was always something going on, and it was yeah. loads of. The older I've got, it's it's just got a bit more political now. Like we we always take it. We're meant to take it turns eachies around people's houses, but where my mum's old, it just makes more sense for us all to go there every yeah. year now. But it it's it's just a no no. Other people are like, oh no, I can't do that, can't do this, no, no. and it's like. Just, just let her have Christmas one day. there. It's yeah. One day. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can't stop the booze. They have to get pissed as farts. My that's sister that's always never goes been over the top. Family, never. Nah, no. my sister goes over the top every year, makes her daughter cry, evacuates her bowels on the sofas most times, and I'm not even exaggerating. And it just gets a farce, and you're just like, I'm done. See you later. And then I can come home, and you're you're away from it all. This year, I'm going to start my mum's Christmas Eve and wake. Wake up, well, Christmas Day. He was sat there, I know who you are. Uh, he will, already emailed him. Oh. Yeah, all um, gmailed him, as it were. So, yeah, the, the memories of Christmas are fantastic. I will have kids at some point myself, and I'm getting old, though, for kids, fucking hell. But I want to have kids, and I'll, I, the same as you, I want that template going forward, mm. and it will be no electronics on Christmas Day. Yep. As much as you can, I'm not going to be like, oh, we must go out for Christmas walk and all that sort of shit. Um, but yeah, Christmas is. It should still be about family. It should be about family time. It shouldn't be about arguments. It should just no. be nice, nice day. So drinks never, ever, ever been involved in any of our Christmas. Because when I was younger, all my Christmas days were at my grandparents' house. Well, it'd be Christmas Eve to boxing at my grandparents' house. Yeah. And they were quite proper. Ah. Strict and proper. Okay. So it, it, we never had a thing. What about like the lead up to Christmas? I think Keller does it. No, no. Let me tell you the best thing about uh, the lead up uh, to Christmas. Go on. Woolworths. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Going in Woolworths, it was yeah. the, it was beautifully. There's no. decorations everywhere, the pickaxes, you... the toys. You could pick what you wanted. Don't tell me you didn't go and get an Argos catalog and circle everything yeah, you wanted. Yeah, in that. so have you seen the Argos thing on Instagram? No. It's showing you the old books from the eighties and nineties right, okay. and stuff, and it's flick as it as the screen goes, but it just flicks through, and it's like the Mega Drive Two and all that other stuff. Two hundred and forty nine quid that was when it came out, and it's all this really. I wasn't cool allowed stuff. that. I got the Master System instead. Yeah, and it's like, get off! And it's going through, and you can see, like, they used to sell mopeds and stuff in Argos <laughs> and stuff. Brilliant. And, yeah, um, uh, yeah, build up Christmas is good. We seem to have finished school a lot earlier than they do now. Mm. They seem to go on a bit longer. I don't um, think we did, because it was still always two, two weeks. Oh, yeah, but it felt like, it felt, obviously, we were younger, it felt mm. different, like, forever, but... I'm pretty sure we used to break up most times around the 19th or the 20th, Which is what and then go back on the 3rd or the 4th. Yeah. Um, and that's that seems. I think they're at school till the twenty third this year, aren't they? No, they're at school till the nineteenth this year. Oh yeah, because of the weekend, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, it it yeah. Build up to Christmas is always good. Um, our decorations probably went up on about the tenth no, today. First, always first. Really, always first. Um, my mum always just threatened to take it down Boxing Day, but she never would because even now she never would because it's my birthday. Mm. So lot she likes to have it all up for that as well. But they come down down around the second or third of January. I put a first down on the first. Really? Yeah, always been that way. That's what it was yeah, in my mum so growing sparse up. So fast then, isn't it? It's, you, your whole yeah, house you, your house looks different. I don't it's like, like it. Oh, it's like wow. But what was your? That should be up there. The two weeks before Christmas, what was your favourite moment? Tell me that moment that that you looked forward to when you got to a certain age. I'll tell you mine, was getting the TV mag in, in, in the newspaper. Yeah, it's all right. Cause all, like, you no, can see what we, films were on. Yeah, but we, we wanted that for different reasons. You wanted that to see what films were on at Christmas, didn't you? Yeah. I wanted that to make sure 
that there's some sort of super movie on my birthday. Yeah. So the super movie, we'll discuss birthdays and stuff like that later on, and what was your favourite birthday film and all that sort of stuff. But for me, every year, until about 25, 26, and it started stopping, there was always a super movie on. So Supergirl, Superman, mm-hmm. something like that on the TV. Supergirl always be on New Year's Day. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. So And James Bond. Yeah, I'm not a fan of some of them, but... Oh, the older I got, the more I was like, oh, I'll chuck this on and watch this. The first Superman movie was like two and a half hours long. Mm. Well long. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day. Love it. Still love my birthday. I've had a bit of like, a bit of, oh shit, I'm in 40, you know, where's the 30s going and all that sort of stuff. But it's a new chapter, new decade on on and upwards. Build up for Christmas for me was all about um, that last day at school um, because school work slowed down, didn't it? And you weren't doing so much, you was doing more like stuff to decorate the school. Yeah, you'd have your Christmas lunch at school. Yeah, you'd have your Christmas lunch and you'd have your Christmas party. Bring your games in. We always yeah. play in Hero Quest. Exactly. And there's only yeah. a little group of us that could play that. Yeah, so you'd be in, yeah, you would be in stuff that only your little group yeah. of people, because you didn't want anyone else to get in on And it, we yeah. had the same group of mates from nursery to college. So it's, yeah. <laughs> all the way through. Yeah. No one else was allowed to play. No, fuck them. Um, yeah, um, so the t- getting the t- not even TV quick or whatever, but getting that one in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Because that was more months, up to date. Yeah. You could see all your Christmas TV the specials. Christmas specials and all that sort of stuff, yeah. So, it, it was one of them things that... Obviously, the Christmas specials, we, we've both spoken about. You said yourself you, you are more of a Christmas special kind of person than me. And I had to think about it, didn't I? I'm like, is there a Christmas special out there that I've actually remember and actually really wanted to sit down and watch? Obviously, like we said, only Force and Horses, but there's been loads of the Christmas festivals of that. Was it a Batman and Robin one one year? Yep. And then, well, that was part of a trilogy that was on that Christmas. And there was the one, is it the same trilogies where they found the watch? They get rich at the end, yeah. yeah. And, when, and he fakes at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, when they're at the auction. That, they, they were all good, but they weren't like, well, I need to watch this. I used to get a Jeremy Clarkson DVD, the older I got, yeah. like Speed or something like this, that he used to do. And that was... I used to be able to put that on uh, and watch that before dinner or something like that. Um, but the older I got, it would be the Top Gear specials. Not not on not on Christmas Day normally, but the 23rd or the 24th yeah. it'd be on. Uh, and for me, it was when they sat the stick for writing that book mm-hmm. um, and named himself, basically. And they'd done the Bethlehem um, Three Wise Men one, didn't yeah. they? That was brilliant. Well, that James was... May cracked his head open. Yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah, and that was really bad as it well. It was, yeah. Lots of claret on the rocks and stuff. That was really good. And they dressed up as women to try and disguise themselves because they're being recognised everywhere and all that sort of stuff. Just brilliant. Being at the beginning, like flying around in that um, uh, that Hercules, wasn't it, in the car and in the fucking armoured chest yeah. plates and all that sort of stuff because they're in Baghdad or something, wasn't it? Well, they're headed for Jerusalem, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. bloody really good show. And hopefully, there is a Top Gear special on this year and a Grand Tour special. Because it, to me, that is synonymous with Christmas now. That's and the older I've got. I've got some love still for Christmas TV. And Gavin and Stacey's back this year. And that'd be a good watch. It's been on for a while. But... Yeah. But our, our format for Christmas was always, because it was always at my nan's house, it was Queen's Speech, and then really? bit, bit of dinner, and then the Only Four Sources Christmas Special, whichever yeah, one was on was, yeah, at that yeah. year. But 
But I'll give you some of my favourite Christmas specials, and you don't have many, so you can comment on them. My favourite one that I watch every year, and probably most, multiple times most years, Go. is Membier for Badly Jingle Balls. Oh, no, I can't remember it. Obviously, that was massive. It, it flashes massive backwards show. and forwards to their, like, fake life in this big fancy house and oh, that. Oh, yeah, and stuff, that's and it goes right, back yeah. to their, their Christmas where yeah. she breaks up with Tony and he buries all her presents in the garden. That's it's it. fucking... Yeah. It's a, that, the iconic moment where he turns on the blender and it, he's looking over and it just goes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even flinch. No. Um, that, the whole show with that Nimbia Manly was an iconic thing of, oh, like, just, the... It's lads, culture, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. isn't it? Stella Martorez, and yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. Absolutely amazing. But I don't remember this Christmas special all that much. Oh, you need to find no. it. It's so, so funny. Um, kick it off with the first Royal Family Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Where she has good. the baby. Yeah. I mean, Jim yeah. gets Sky. It's just that's it. Yeah, great thing. And, and yeah. this is my other one that I also watch multiple times each year, and I make my kids watch, and they love it. And that's the Sun Brothers do have them, Jessica's first Christmas. Oh, brilliant. Now, we, we had a talk about this not while ago, because it was on, it's been on the drama channel, yeah. wasn't it? And it, it does, it's funny all the way through. It's still funny now. Yep. The earlier ones are funnier than the later ones, because his voice changes, he's a little bit chubbier, and there's a little bit difference in the later ones. But <laughs> the early ones, oh, some of the stuff he gets up to is just brilliant. But I can't remember Jessica's Christmas. He's doing, he's doing the nativity play. Right. he's playing the angel right. the donkey shitting all over the place and he's like the donkey's did the doo doo and he's hanging from it. the wire upside down and stuff and his pants are showing all done by him it's just no stunt man just it's, him it's hilarious my yeah. kids love it you wouldn't think that they would like someone like 1974 that episode was but it still comes off really well now before we were even thought of yeah yeah, yeah. it's slapstick still and you know he done all most of all his well all his own stunts didn't he Fantastic. You won't get that sort of thing anymore. You won't get. Same with no. Only Falls and Horses, you just won't get that staple of, of British no. teams and Royal Family since obviously she passed away. And then, yeah, yeah. But again, it was just an absolutely brilliant show. Was that not Carolina Hearn? It was Carolina Hearn. Yeah. Mrs. Mern. Bless her. So Christmas shows. That um, was funny, her Christmas special, she's done all that. Another, another staple of Christmas is, of course, pantomimes. Yes. And uh, earlier this week, I did a solo mission to. Mayflower Theatre in Southampton. Oh, nice. Who did you speak to? Who was that? His name is Mr. Robin Hancocks. Let's listen to it now. Oh, nice one. We are here at the very majestic uh, Mayflower Theatre in Southampton, which I believe is the largest theatre in South, in South England. Yeah, it is the largest theatre in the South of England. We are almost the, I think the fourth largest theatre in the UK by capacity size. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the biggest theatre in the, in the UK is Edinburgh Playhouse. And they've got almost 3,000 seats. We're... We're a mere 2,200-odd. A mere. A mere. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that way since it's built, right? It's, it's always been the biggest in the South. Absolutely, yes, it has, has been. So uh, we have uh, big theatre, big shows. Uh, started off as the Empire Theatre, way back. 1928 opened as the Empire Theatre, then turned into the Gaumont Theatre in the late 30s, um, and uh, then became the Mayflower Theatre in 1987. Um, when it was due to be closed down by the previous owners, a rank organisation, we're going to turn it into a bingo hall. The people of Southampton were annoyed and they, they, they put petitions together and the council bought it out and then set up a charitable trust. And that's what we are today. We're, we're a charitable trust as, as Mayflower Theatre. And not a bingo hall, which is the one looks like. Not a bingo hall. And I'm, I'm glad of that because I'm sure Mr McIntosh and Mr Lloyd Webber would not like to bring their shows to a bingo hall in Southampton. Well, you never know, but probably not. 
So I read early on today when I was doing a bit of research that when it was the go one, you had people like the Beatles, Stones, Hendrix, Zeppelin, Queen, Ozzy Osbourne. You name it, they they came here. It was all, all it it was in the day, days before uh, large scale arenas were set up around the country. So the biggest venues they could do to go to indoor were theatres. So they they all did the theatre uh, runs around, and it was often um, the likes of Live Nation nowadays where they owned all the venues. They would then send the the big artists around to the particular venues as, as they as they go around. So they they go to here, here Brighton, um, Birmingham. Manchester, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, they, they do the same circuit each time. Such a shame we don't get that now, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, Genesis played here, and uh, and we and we actually have um, Steve Hackett coming with um, his his band next year. Oh, lovely. To, to uh, perform one of the Genesis albums from 1971, I believe. Fantastic. And also, I believe Slade filmed here. Did they? Apparently they recorded their video for Wheels Ain't Coming Down in this theatre. Is what I read today. That's that, that's 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 we must add that to the tours. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you might want to check it out first. Don't get your information from me. I got my information from the internet. Um, so again, from what I researched today, the first show here was Peter Pan. As Mayflower, yes. Yeah, yes. which is weird because uh, this year's nativity happens to be Peter Pan. Peter Pan, yes. Bring back, yeah. No, that, that we the first uh, big production was Peter Pan starring Bonnie Langford. Um, that we opened the Mayflower Theatre, and and yes, this year we have Peter Pan starring Marty Pello, Darren Day, Jamie Hensley, and the Grumbleweeds. Oh, Marty Pello, my mum is obsessed with Marty Pello. It is, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's an incredible thing. <laughs> she just is. He's 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 got he's got that kind of smile and, and glint in his eye. That's uh, yeah, people really really like him and he was he was down um with us a few weeks ago for and, and did, did some press and pr for us uh, during the day and, and he was just just the loveliest person to, to, yeah. to have around he's invested a massive amount into um playing captain hook this is his first time playing captain hook all right okay he's, he's previously done i think three pantos before all for kudos who produced the pantos yeah and played abanaza and so his, his first captain hook he's had input into his costume design He's written the songs for Hook. He's written incidental music of the underscoring that go throughout other scenes for this pantomime. So he's and he's, he's all about the soundscape and how when you're sat in the auditorium, how the whole show feels as as a part of it. So you know, for for a leading man, that's 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 brilliant to have that kind of input into the role. Yeah, massively creative party taking that, and and probably something that a lot of the people coming to see it don't realise or understand or. No, you, you wouldn't actually appreciate that uh, the work that he does, and then I mean, the rest of the show is going to be uh, quite a spectacle. Yeah. Um, I say, kudos pantomimes. They produce over thirty pantomimes across the UK each year, and it's a massive business for them. And, and yeah. they are they they are the biggest, and this is what that they can come to us. They're a great company to work with, and it, it's essentially a brand new production every year in each venue so this is a brand new peter pan uh the the basic is uh, basics of a, a pantomime script is like a pizza okay you, ha- you have the base the, the base of it and then you add the the actors who, who are going to come in the specialist acts who are going to come in we've, we've got the timbuktu tumblers who are going to come and they play, play the pirates and they also didn't then do their set pieces the kind of thing that you see on britain's got talent these days yeah um and then you've got the the, the leading stars to, to come in and then you've got the Traditional panto routines, which I, I absolutely love the old panto routines. You have a ghost routine. Yeah. There's, there's often they, they do the 12 days of Christmas. They do certain rhymes. There are very classic elements that have been in panto since the, the uh, dot, which are added to this kind of uh, uh, big, big pizza. <laughs> it's huge pizza. 
So, uh, Mr. Robin Hancock, how long have you been here? I have been here for thir- 13, just over 13 years now. Wow. A fair old time. And, I mean, you must have seen some incredible shows during that time. Uh, we kind of, kind of, you, you name it, we've, we've had them here, and, and they've been all, all been great to work on. I've worked with, my, my background is, is press and publicity, uh, so I think also in marketing, but I've, through the press and PR, I've, I've worked with a lot of the great actors who've, who've um, come to the theatre, um, and they've all always been very good and very nice to work with. Which leads to my next question. <laughs> um, have you ever been seriously starstruck? Has there been that point where you're like, oh, wow? <laughs> well, Sir Roger Moore. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, I, I, the thing is, being, being star, starstruck, you kind of think about the person who's coming in. You think, oh, well, that, that's that's this person, that, that's Marty Peller, that's that's somebody else. Yeah. That's, and the, the thought of a person is very different to when you're you're there with them because they've got a job to do, you've got a job to do. You, you you're exactly the same. They've got to come and talk about what they're doing to sell tickets. To it's, it's our job to get bombs on seats yeah. in front of those guys in, in in the auditorium. So they know what they're doing. Um, and I mean. Roger Moore came in and did, an, did a, an afternoon with Roger Moore, and it was it was amazing to meet meet him. Lovely guy. I bet yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you a story about Roger Moore where he did an interview with a local journalist, and it went in the paper, which is great to publicise yeah. the show. After after the show had been with us, he there was a phone call to this journalist and uh, said hello. I said hello, it's Roger Moore. I just wanted to say thank you very much for writing the article. Um, it, it was lovely to read it, and that's that's somebody who was a super superstar who'd been there, you know, been around the block. He was James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> to then understand that relationship of of being thankful for the coverage that you've had, as opposed to, I say the X Factor generation. Yeah. Who haven't had all those years of experience. There's a big difference there, and oh. it, it really showed up. Yeah. So it's not you know obviously now everybody well, of a certain age tend to look up to reality stars, but. It's the people that have been there and, and done everything. Like you say, he was James Bond and he's done all these other incredible things. Uh, Roger Moore, that's one. And my next question was going to be, do you have any crazy backstage stories? Um, that not, you can talk no, about? <laughs> maybe not, 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 not to me that I can actually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the foot. I, no, uh, no, no, don't feel no, crazy. No, all the actors and actresses we have through here have been, have been very nice and um, it's often backstage isn't the most glamorous place. That people think it's it's a very practical way for people to work around. But I've so. always wondered what it was like back there. Not as nice as front of house. Ah, because this is a very posh room that we're sat in right now. Yeah. Incredibly posh room. Yeah, it's 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 very. We've we've redecorated several times, and, and in our previous uh, refurb uh, a year and a half ago, we uh, refurbed the backstage area, and all the dressing rooms are um, nicely done and nicely painted. So they're in good, very good nick. Uh, but to say front of house is where you have the glamour, because yeah. if you're buying a ticket, you're buying experience to come to the theatre. That's right. And it's that that whole thing of you walk through the door. We, we want customers to walk through and go, wow, look, looks great. And buy their sweets, buy, buy their ice creams, buy the wine. Then walk into the auditorium and go, wow. Yeah. I'm in theatre. And then to have that experience of, of live theatre, there's nothing like it. You can't experience that with cinema. You can't experience that with playing a video game or watching something on television. It's incredible how it works. Like you said, you're selling experience. It's what it's all about for people. And, and going back to what you just said then, that, that experience of being in a theatre and seeing it live and then feeling it live, the vocals, the, the, the music, the live music from the, from the pit and everything, is, there is nothing like it. And, and, and often with, with, with a show, you, you see, 
I would say the tip of the iceberg, you see about half the iceberg, but you don't see the rest of it, which, which is the choreography of yeah. what's happening backstage and, and in the pits and people in the, bring it in the fly floor, bringing the, um, the bits of scenery in and out the out of the dock and then backstage with all the wigs mistresses and the costumes and the dressers, making making that the show happen that you can see live on stage and all that's it's less like a swan, the, the, the feet are swimming underneath really yeah. paddling away and then it's gracefully going across the stage. The magic we don't see. Yes, and it is magic and it's best way, it, often people want to say they want to see the backstage, they want to see the magic, but often you, you need to have a little bit of uh, mystery. Yeah, well yeah. So the, the guy that I do with the podcast, but he's not here today, um, he, up until I think it was the start of this year, had never been to the theatre. He was like, no, I'm a movie guy. I don't, I don't. No, it's not, it's not for me. I don't like musical theatre. I don't like it. So I brought him to see Wicked when we came up to yeah. do, to cover that, and he came out. He's like, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I was like, well, there you go. You see, it, 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 it's, it can't be matched. Even, I mean, maybe if you're going to see a live concert, it's your favourite band or whatever. But, but it, it, as good as cinema is. And the things that they do with it now, it just, it's just not the same thing. It, it can't be touched, can it? it just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's unique. It's, it's 4D. You, you are in it's, yeah. it's surround There's people on the stage. They're, they're physically there. Um, and, and nowadays you get the cinema live um, from, from National Theatre. And I know next week there's the Les Miserables yeah. concert. It's going to be broadcast with cinemas, which is great. It's, it's great to bring theatre to the masses of people who can't, uh, come to theatre or, or in, they're in different areas so you know it's a good channel but nothing beats actually being in there yeah. and that that performance that night that you see when you're in the theatre that's always unique it's never going to be there's always going to be something different to that so you're going to have that unique experience of seeing that one show the show may have been running for 25 years but that night you'll see something that nobody else will ever see again yeah and you always get that moment as well that I find that there's um there's that moment where the, the, the two actors will be there and there'll be this quiet moment and they'll make each other laugh, and you think that's great. Now, is that meant to be like that, or is it a genuine mishap? I think it was with Rock of Ages this last time. Yeah. You watched it where they both started giggling at the table, and I thought that's incredible. I mean, the, the Rock of Ages this year. I watched it last time it was here as well. I, I seen it in London as well, but this year's one was my favourite one. Yeah. Because it was just, I think the cast was perfect this year. It was just so so good. Um. So you, all these wonderful shows, love experience. Any aspirations of ever being an actor or being on stage well I, I i did my degree in drama actually and then didn't follow up because i thought i'm not that good <laughs> so and i went off and did uh worked for newspapers in the area and did kind of some marketing and newspaper sales wrote reviews actually came here and and, and was on the other side of things and writing reviews for the newspapers of, of shows coming to the theater yeah and then um left left there and then a position came available here at the theater as a press officer and that's what well, that was my way in and then haven't looked back so kind of combined the 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 work experience and the the training into into the role that i'm doing now so it was fortuitous it was it was always meant to be always meant to be always yeah that's to be. The, you knew you'd end up here one it's, day it's the whole whole thing of fate actually yeah believing it because it it happened yeah, well, yeah. i mean what's the old saying is um nothing you can't achieve if you don't put your mind to it exactly yeah and and there's there's, there's so much more to come and, and i've been here that long people at the theater tend to stay quite a while and um, we've got people here who stayed over, you know, 35, 40 years. So, uh, I, again, doing my research on the, the Mayflower earlier on, and I read this strange story about um, a ghostly visitor that you have backstage, apparently. An older gentleman who sits, who likes to sit backstage? Yeah, because there's there's all stories about when, when the um, theatre was built, because it was built by... Um, 
shipwrights and shipbuilders because we're, we're down on the, on the coast. Yeah. And they um, did the, lots of building with all the rigging, and that this is where one of the uh, the saying it's, it's bad luck to whistle on stage. Yeah. Because when you had people who used to work backstage in the in the in the in the flies and the rigs above the stage, they used to use whistles as as different instructions to each other for all what's right. happening. So if you whistle on stage. Somebody could hear that and then pull something down and then cause an accident. That's, <laughs> wow. that's kind of where that comes from. But yeah, I, I believe that there is there is meant to be some 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 presence in the theatre at some point. But uh, you know, if you believe in such such things. So we've got some huge shows coming up next year. Uh, we will rock you, Mamma Mia, um, Lion King's coming back again as well. Um, Book of Mormon, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Really looking forward to. What do you think, in in your personal opinion, not 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 audience wise, is the is the is the the biggest show that you that, that you've hosted here? The biggest show, I mean. Or that show that's come here is like that's the one I've been waiting for. It, it, there's there's always lots of the next big the next big show the next next huge thing because I mean from from a from the point of view of, of one of the biggest shows to come in with the, the amount of trucks and, and physical that that is got to be the Lion King, uh, which is a huge production. And as I say, I talked about the choreography backstage. Yeah. With that show, it's massive. I bet, yeah. And every, every corner of, of, of space is filled with with set. Um, but they're all big, but they're, they're all big enough to fit on, on, on the stage nowadays. And uh, it's nice to see, of, of the big West End shows and the big Broadway shows, We've had most of them, and, that, and now we've seen the new work coming come up in, in London, yeah. and then they're starting to then decide to come out to a Book of Mormon has been in London for a long time, yeah. and and now no fact thankfully it's going out and doing doing the touring, so it can be uh, go out to the regions, um and who knows what the next big big London show that will come out will will be. So is, is that, are they there for a certain amount of time before they decide they're going to tour or? Or does it depend on what the show is? We work in show business, and it goes to the end of the business. So <laughs> yeah. how, how well it's doing it in, in, in London, and, and they'll look look at the ticket sales um, and see what's doing, whether they can retain the show in London whilst touring it as well, or whether they want to um, pull it from London and just send it out on tour. Because at the end of the day, the producers have to make money yeah. because they then need to invest that money into creating new art. And without that money, they, they, they can't make their new shows. So on the other end of that stick, without throwing anybody under the bus, has there been that show that's come and you thought, not as good as I thought it was going to be? There has been more one or two shows that I've just thought, I'm not for me. Yeah. Not for me at all. Um, but uh, yeah, few and far between, luckily, because we, 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 because we're so big, we do attract the best shows mm-hmm. that, that, that can tour. And uh, our chief executive, he programs the, uh, the, the theatre, so he brings all the shows to us. And more often than not, they'll... The producers will call us saying we want to bring X, Y, and Z to you. Um, we'll say, can we fit it in? We have a diary that I think the current diary runs until twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. So the shows that are planning that far in advance to tour the country that they'll come to us and say we want to do this, and we'll say yes, we can fit you. Oh, uh, wow. As opposed to a lot of them just have to then go out and um, confirm and say well, what the producer, what have you got available that that we can fit into this particular week or this particular night. You get the luxury of them coming to you. Yeah, 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 which, which is great. But then, then that also adds the pressure of that uh, they want to sell a lot of tickets. So uh, yes, <laughs> then it's our job to sell them. Um, I, I went to see Charlie in the Shop Factory in London a couple of years ago. My son was huge, and uh, it wasn't for me. And I loved, I love the books. I love both iterations of the movie, but it was just, 
It was the Sam Mendes one. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it just seemed very black and white and grey, with a lack of colour. But <laughs> it's just. It's, it's all, it's all, it is all personal. I mean, there were, there were people who came to see Les Mis uh, the past couple of weeks who said, oh. Oh, I didn't actually like that. It's quite depressing. You think well, it's, it's oh, longest-running show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pleasing title, but it's, it's all down to personal taste. Um, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of Wicked. Oh, okay. I, I, I saw it. I enjoyed it. So that was that's fine. But this one of the shows that yeah, I've seen it. Move on. Again, I'm a big Frank Baum fan. I love the books, the films, and yeah. uh, it. I love it. I love Wicked. Another one that I really enjoy, and I've seen it every time it's been here, I think, is Avenue Q. And it doesn't matter how many times I see it, and the fact that I almost know it by heart now, it still makes me laugh all the way through. And you still get that moment where you look over at a parent that's brought a child because they thought it was something else, and then gone, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no sh- sh- shouldn't have brought them. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great show, which can, can come back every every few years mm. and, and still have an audience and have a new audience in there. It's great seeing new people coming. I've, I've never heard of Avenue Q. It's been around for so long. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's hilarious. Another one for me is Commitments, because because the film holds a very special place, and the book to yeah. me. Um, I came to see that. It was The first time I saw it was here. Was it last year or the year before? Year before last year. Year before that, and it, it was brilliant. Everything I thought it was going to be. And again, we're bringing it back in 2021, which is on sale now, which is really, really early. We just hope people don't turn up. Oh, yes, we, we do have that. Sometimes we have shows on sale for so long, they'll turn up the year before it's meant to uh, be oh, there. Really? Uh, yeah, I've come to see the commitments. Like, so last January, we had some people turn up to see Will Rocky, which is on... Yeah, it's coming January. Coming January, yeah. And they enjoyed the show that was on the current week. I came to see that instead. Is there still that, that point where, where something can shock you, where you can go, wow, Oh, that's incredible. Abs- absolutely. Some of, some of the, the, the moments that you see on stage, you think, how, how, do, they, how do they do that? I mean, the... One of the most amazing theatrical experiences I've had recently, or in the past year or so, is going going into London to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And um, not not a massive Harry Potter fan, I enjoyed enjoyed the books and that. But then the the different styles that they do in the creation of the of 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 it, they use modern techniques, they use traditional jiggery pokery the, the the magic they do the, the mixture of it of, of, of all those different different um, ways of putting a production on just made it absolutely stunning piece of theatre and again it's one of those events you think just, wow just, just just have seen that and then yeah and, and often you'll get with uh, with pantomime there'll be some set pieces in there which you think are just phenomenal how they managed, managed to do that and get away with it and that, that you don't quite know how it's done but yeah. it's, it's just just a piece of yeah so to make you go, wow, enjoyed that. Oh, I had some kind of emotional engagement with with the the piece on on stage. I remember watching Matilda earlier on this year, where they're swinging out. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> they, they seem to be coming out so far on the yep. swings and that. But I was like, wow, I was worried that someone was going to come flying off there at a moment. <laughs> so for me, the first the first show I saw um, was when I was at school and it was chosen from Teddy Card Dreamcoat. What was yours? What was your first show? First, the first show I the first. Proper theatrical show. Going to the theatre, I, I think I saw some various pantomimes, but the one that uh, the key one was Scrooge the Musical, mm-hmm. and that was the version that, that had um, um, Anthony Newley playing Scrooge. Oh, wow. It had John Pertwee playing the um, A Ghost to Christmas Past, um, and it was, it was a fantastic production. And it was just one of those. God, I, I really remember that, and I remember the following year we 
saw um, Pickwick, the musical, which had yep. Harry Seacombe playing Pickwick. Wow. It's kind of going very Dickensian. But then, then, then the first West End show I saw was Miss Saigon. All right, okay. And, and that's, a, that's I saw that when I was at university. I sat in the very back row of the balcony because that's the cheapest ticket that I, I could afford. Yep. And, and that, that was it, I was hooked. I did, did say to myself, never again, I'm always going to sit downstairs in the stalls. <laughs> Buying a ticket myself was Greece because I loved the film and yeah. I had to watch it. And what amazed me about Greece was not so much the play as good as it was. It was the, it was the, it was the, it was the, it was the live band. You just, sometimes you just forget that they're there live, you know, the yeah. unsung heroes of the piece. It's just... They're, 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 they're working their backsides off all the way through a, a, a production and it's, it's a little clap at the end for the, for the band. But, they, you know, they bring, add to the sound and often... Um, it's one of the kind of the, the backstage things that people don't realise sometimes. Where in the pit, in our pit, there may be a full full orchestra in there. Then there might be a drummer who's in the dressing room, uh, or oh, really? in a different part of the theatre because because it, there's so many people in there. Yeah. There might be some staging there. We don't use a pit, and they're actually they are all in, in backstage rooms playing. They're still playing live, and the, they still got you still got a conductor there. And the, the, the music's amplified through the speakers, but they're still there doing, uh, still playing. Oh, wow. That's so they're, they're not always necessarily where you think they are. Because uh, We Will Rock You, the, the guys, the, they tend to stay on the stage for the entire piece, don't they? Yes, they're, they're usually either behind or at, at a higher level. Um, rock of Ages, sorry, is what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. So, they're all in, so that must be quite difficult, I suppose, if you just play them on your well, own. Well, they've got to have monitors in front of them so they can see the, the, uh, the, the conductor or, or musical director and they'll they'll go away and, and do their thing whilst they're in there oh wow more magic revealed there yes. they're going to kick you out of the uh, secret <laughs> like I said before huge huge lineup next year coming up um, any big announcements that haven't been shared that you can share next year is the 400th, 400th anniversary of the Mayflower ship going to the new world and taking the uh, there were pilgrims on board amongst the others um, and it's actually today's Thanksgiving so yeah that um, we're actually producing two new musicals and one dance show, um, which are going to be performed between July and August next year. Okay. Um, and they've been written by um, some some local authors. Uh, one's called Hourglass, uh, one's called Compass, and one's called Drift. There are audition opportunities available, and we're going to get people from our local area to come and perform on our stage. The Compass will be our summer youth project um, yeah. for next year, which we annually do a summer youth project. Hourglass uh, will be looking for people aged 12 and above. There's no ceiling on, on that limit of, of people to come and perform in that. And again, similarly with Drift and uh, details, if you want to audition for any of those shows and perform on our stage, then go to the website mayflower.org.uk forward slash get involved or forward slash Mayflower 400. I mean, surely that's an opportunity you can't miss out on if, you, if, if you've dreamed on being on the stage. Yeah, but there's, there's the chance to be on stage. I mean, it's, it's great with having these opportunities available. We're also running um, a production of Birmingham Royal Ballet's Dreams, which is runs on the Sunday after Swan Lake finishes. We've got, okay. Um, and we went out to audition for people of all ages to come perform a kind of cut-down version of Swan Lake Ballet on the stage, along with professionals, and they've been rehearsing there for six months already, and they're going to be performing on that stage on that Sunday in that, in that production. That's incredible, because it gives opportunity for those people that just maybe find it difficult to, or in, in other times couldn't. It's just a... And especially if you're local as well, it gives you a local sense of pride as yeah. well. And and so much talent out there. So people, yeah. people who who can do things and yeah, yeah, the, you know, they've got normal jobs, but uh, but but they're very talented in, in different ways. So it's, it's it's great to open up all the opportunities for people to come and engage with us and, and perform on our stage. I mean, you must get. A, a, are you from Southampton? Is this? I'm from Birmingham. Oh, okay. 
So I was going to say, do you get an enormous sense of surprise when you have local shows put on by local areas? Well, I suppose you've been oh, there for a yeah, while. Yeah, I've been there yeah. for a long time. So yes, it's, it's, it's great seeing, seeing that that's uh, the local element on, on the stage and be able to, to have found people here amongst all the other shows that we have. Oh, you really lost a Birmingham accent as well. Been down here too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Is there anything else you would like to? I mean, you can you can pimp whatever you want. You can you can throw some adverts out there. We've got a huge lineup coming up in twenty twenty and even into twenty twenty one. So uh, there's there's more fantastic shows to look out for. Um, our we'll be announcing our next year's pantomime in a couple of weeks' time. So look out for that. Which is going to be a strictly magical pantomime. Ah, that's all I'm going to say. Nice tease. Um, I mean, pantomime season must be crazy, right? Yeah, well, well, especially where you go on sale with the following year's pantomime when this pantomime opens. So yeah. we're, we're Christmas all year long. <laughs> it's the best way to be. <laughs> I love great, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. What do you think of that? That was really insight. Who knew it was that old? And the, the likes of who played there and stuff. It's just fantastic. Just one of them iconic places. See, it's become a thing for you, isn't it, since we, I introduced it to you? Well, like, I got a message from um, my favourite theatre goer um, the other day, and I was quite stoked about it. She said, how have you only seen two and a half... Um, Men. <laughs> two and a half musicals. And then I explained why I've only seen two and a half musicals. My favourite, Rock of Ages, that is now my favourite musical of all time. Um, after seeing Wicked, that, and uh, Spamalot. Half of Spamalot, yeah. yeah. But you've been to quite a few pantomimes, Nick, have you? Pantomimes, plays, all sorts. I mean, I've, I've since I've discovered theatre. He's behind you. He's not. Oh, uh, it's just my shadow. Oh, I, oh. I, I, it's just I love and it. And that you can't beat a live performance. F- films and movies and things do wonderful things and take lots of money, but you can't beat that that feeling of seeing it live and thinking, hmm, was that a mistake? Oh, I I thought going back to musicals, I thought musicals was a fruity thing. You had to be a little bit fruity to go and watch them. Um, but when Spamalot and Todd Carty, um, Tucker Jenkins, yep. um, was on the stage, I thought, this is really cool. Mind power. I only, yeah, I only got to watch a little bit of it because I turned up late because I was still at work. But when I sat down and watched my very first full-length one and realised that there was people, musicians, in the pit under the stage. Yeah. And, oh, that, that was just amazing. I wanted to watch Wicked. That was my first full one. I wanted to watch that for a long, long time, and it, it's very operatic, that one, wasn't it? It mm-hmm. was very, it, in some of their performances and stuff, but it, I just got swept away with the whole thing, didn't I? I loved every minute of it. It's but Rock of Ages, now, come on. So that one, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the guy that plays the German son in it, yeah. he's fantastic, and, you know, the guy that plays um, the narrator. Luke Rush, was it? Luke Rush, yeah. Uh, I follow him on Instagram now. He was in China oh, at the he moment. He was... He's the show. Yeah, he's the show. Curly Watts was fantastic all the way through. I've tried to watch the film, uh, but because it's a bit like like you reading a book. You'll read a book and you'll get the picture of the the story in your head. You'll get the characters in your head and all that sort of stuff. And when they put it on screen, it doesn't match what you've seen. seen. So that to me, no one, no one was as good. No one. Not one character in the movie was as good. Not even Tom Cruise. Okay, anyway, for me, I, I knew about the film before the play, obviously. Um, and yeah, absolutely adored it. But pantomime-wise, I've only been to one. I can, I can remember a couple. The first ever one I went to um, was, and the only one I've been to, was Dick Whittington. And, uh, the Rain Chase in it and Fern Britain 
and yeah, it was just a really good show and everything about it was good. I'd like to, if I had kids, I'd be taking them to a pantomime every year. I know I've got nieces and grandkids, uh, grandkids, godkids and stuff, but I don't think Katie'd want to come with me to watch one, would she? So. Well, well, I'm taking Katie to her first one this year, so she'll be going to it on Tuesday to watch um, the one in Mayflower. Oh, nice. Which is good because she's about to do a play about pirates at school, so she thinks it ties in. Ah. Next year they got a stellar line up there. They got some. They got some good stuff. They got some Nick, serious Nick, things. Why are pirates so aggressive? Because they are. Because they are. <laughs> Go on. So you got Lion Kings back there next year. Oh, cool. Which is incredible. Is it? It's just amazing. Um, Book that, of Mormon makes its debut. That looks like it's going to be a hard one to do in that size space. Well, we went to watch it last time. They actually walk up and down the aisles as well with the animals. Things oh, as well. it's just, cool. That's good, isn't it? It's, it's superb. Well, I highlight like Lion King, that's it helps. Yeah. Um, but I, I think pantomime-wise, another one was... Getting back on track, Nick. Yeah, getting back on topic. The, the, pantomime. the Chuckle yeah, Brothers. Yeah. I went to, I've seen the no Chuckle way. Brothers a couple of in, times. In Panto. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think Obviously, there, I Chuckle Brothers now. Just Chuckle Rest in Priest. Well, there's still yeah. the other two as well. Oh, no, one of them's died now as well, so yeah. there's only one of each now. What, Chuckle There's Brothers? two sets of Chuckle Brothers. No. But the other ones don't go by the name of Chuckle, they go by something else, but they're in all the same stuff. Barry You know the two older blokes that are always in their programme? Barry like, and Paul. Yeah, you know they've normally got a boss to him to do jobs and stuff. Oh, they're... Oh, yeah, okay. they're the other two brothers. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. I've learned something new today. There we go. Chuckle Brother Wikipedia. Yeah. The, uh, I'm the author of that page. Fame to fame, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, nice, nice one. Chucklepedia. Chucklepedia. Really no, no, because it might be a lot. Yeah. Christmas uh, wrapped up for us would be probably because you've had a lot of stodgy food and all that sort of stuff. Would you bed quite early as a kid? I'd be knackered. And yeah. I have to go to bed really early now because I've got to be up at five o'clock in the morning for work on Boxing Day. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my shop shut till 2nd of January. After the 23rd, so all good in the hood. My only day off is Christmas Day. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it's, it's one of them things where we, as a kid, uh, my uncle dropped me off home. Um, he probably had one or two sherries at that point, but he'd like to drop me off home earlier because he wants to get pissed. Um, and yeah, so they'd drop us off about half past eight. Um, and then you'd get in and you'd go, Mum, can I play with some of my toys? And you go, yeah, but you look really tired. No, I'm not tired. And within seconds, you're asleep on the floor with a head full of fucking Lego. But do you also remember getting up extra early on Boxing Day to play with your toys before anybody's up and watching, like, the cartoon special yeah, on the telly? Yeah, so there'd be Wide Awake Club on Boxing Day or yeah. something like that, and you'd go down. I'd always be the first downstairs. I remember watching... Up the, until about 11 or 12, easy. I remember watching the Flintstones special where he was a detective. <laughs> Can't oh, remember no. what it was called. I just have a weird memory of that. Detective Flintstones, any chance? I don't know what it was called. No. Uh, yeah, I'd come downstairs and in brand new PJs, like you said. Um, come downstairs and with Barry Beffles, and I'll be like, Barry Beffle, for anyone who don't know, was a, a, an actor on a Slim Fast Abbott back in the day. And he's so, uh, I've lost this much weight, and he's to have his old big uh, yeah. trousers on. And my, I was a really skinny little kid, obviously, as I still am now. Uh, and I had these elasticated ones that used to go for fucking miles like that. And uh, yeah, and then I'd sit down. Like say, a bit, a bit American childish. It might have been because from most of the films I've watched, I'd always go to the kitchen. If my mum, we got enough tape left on tape. <laughs> if my mum was still asleep, I'd be able to sneak in the kitchen and grab myself a glass of something special, which I wouldn't be allowed if she was up. What was that something special, Nick? 
Oh no. Milk. Oh right. Glass full of milk like that. We're not allowed a glass full of milk. That's only for a coffee. Anyway, and it's always frozen that time of year as well, and if you'd actually got the one in from the outside and stuff. Anyway, put myself a glass of milk, sit down, put the TV on, which you'd have to get up and turn it on. Turn it off. Yeah, 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 turn it off, sit down. Uh, at that point, we had one where it was in a cabinet, so you had to lift the fucking thing up. You had to do it really quietly because <laughs> you didn't want your mum to wake up. Slide it back and night, and you put the TV on, wait for a couple of minutes before it fucking come on. And then you're watching your favourite stuff, and then you're like, oh, yeah, my toys are there. But I never had the thought of, like... Because you like fucking loads of selection boxes still and all that. Never had the thought of going and tuck into that. Well, it was, was always my glass of milk. I was a bit of a weird kid, really. There was rules in my house. You see, we weren't allowed chocolate before lunchtime, so. No, it's two or two, yeah. But most times now, it, uh, to be fair, there's two days in, in, in the year where a kid should be allowed chocolate breakfast. That's Christmas Day and Easter Sunday. What about birthday? Should be, shouldn't it? Fuck birthdays, that's not about chocolate. But I've got another memory of this sort of, in the build up, we're talking about the build up of Christmas and war, so it's like, do yeah. you remember what an event it was when they turned on the lights in Commercial Road back in the day? No, because we never got to come down here. Oh, you we lived were, up north, we didn't you? We were up north, weren't we? So, not up north of the country, just up no, north of the city. Up north of the city, so we never got to come down. I remember the events they used to have, you know, Argos, no, not Argos, Alders as it used to be, yeah. now Debenhams, used, yeah. used to do that big extravagant Christmas window. Oh, massive, yeah. And they yeah. used to stand on the top and turn all the lights. And I remember one year it was the cast of a low, a low and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And oh, I loved all that shit. I yeah. loved it. it and was, now it's just people street think, dancing. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of that uh, growing up. We used to go to the one sometimes in Waterlooville um, in the precinct. And that was always a good turnout with... Uh, you'd always have like a good comedy star up there or something like that or someone that's in the panto or something like that um but yeah it's only recently uh with past girlfriend um that i managed to do that whole build up sort of stuff and it was really nice and seeing like the light switch on the fireworks and all that sort of stuff is cool but it's got a bit more like you say it's a bit more it's not as magical now as it is back then as always not because when we were kids it was just more over the top, more elaborate. It was, yeah, it? yeah. And now it's just it, changed. It was always like a star, along with the cast of the pantomime, along with the Lord Mayor. Yeah. Yeah, so it was always a good turnout, wasn't it? I also <laughs> remember, like, when I was like, if I didn't eat all of my Christmas dinner, because like, my nan and granny used to do tea, every Sunday it was tea, like, you'd have dinner at three o'clock and then you'd have tea in the afternoon. Yeah. So if you didn't eat all your dinner, you weren't allowed all of the tea, and you had to eat the bread stuff on the tea before you walked to the cakey stuff. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Got to do that. But the thing is, you know, the the older you get, um, a lot of people, the magic does go at Christmas, but the magic is still there. It's just I'll get sometimes family politics dictate most of the day, doesn't it? But yeah. with me, there's always two or three hours where I'm a kid again, because it'd be one film that comes on and you go, ah, oh, yes, boom, I'm a kid again, fantastic, and then I'll have me presents and. All that sort of stuff. Did you, used to, did you used to get up like in the middle of the night and sneak down and see if your presents were late and never. start all around? I did. Nah, never. Yeah, I did. I used to sleep like a log as a kid. I did that one year and I accidentally tore one of the presents on the box and I went up to the end card. Oh! Can't cry on Christmas, Nick. Yeah, it wasn't so Christmas, good. it was Christmas Eve, technically. Tears freeze up. Um, did you have a fireplace at your house? Yeah. When you was a kid? Yeah. So you did actually come down the chimney, did he? Yeah. Oh, we didn't. You just knew the combination. Five places in my house now as well. You knew how to get in through the front door and back door. So. Mm. I lived in a flat, so. Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Did you have an intercom? No. You didn't have to let didn't me in. need an intercom. Oh, cool. Did we have an intercom? I'm not sure I where you lived. Fucking ages ago. Was it near Sainsbury's? No. Where did you used to live then? Summerstown. Oh, yeah, of course you did, yeah. Yeah, we, I've got an intercom now. It works, so I can let him in properly, can't I? So that's good. 
Do you remember also, did, Christmas Day was never at your house, did you say? It was always somebody else's. Uh, until, like, into my, like, late teens, early 20s, it was so always at somewhere else. Did you have the whole thing in the build-up of, of Christmas Eve where just the smell of all that fucking food cooking? No, because we oh. always had the dinner somewhere else's house. I loved that. I loved that. The, 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 late, the older I got, the gammon always mm. cooked the night before. Yeah, that's the turkey yeah. and stuff, yeah. And that... That lovely smell. One of my Christmas presents on my list this year. Is a gammon. No, everyone thought I'm taking a piss. I because it's always around someone else's house. I haven't had a turkey sandwich on Boxing Day for fucking years. Oh, do you not take any home with you then? No, because there's never, never any left. <laughs> so this year I said, look, someone needs to buy me a ready cooked turkey so I can have sliced turkey on on Boxing Day. My brother's apparently bought me one. I have a massive jar of Branson pickle. Gross. Uncut slut, which is bread for me. Uncut slut bread, uh, tiger, like the bloomer one, big ones. Gross. Couple slices of them uh, with loads of uh, turkey in it, loads of pickle on it, a little bit of, um, I don't know, that's not, it wouldn't be that sort of effect. Onion, um, what are they called? Pickled onions. Oh, they're gross. Boom. Cut in half, that's me done. Mince pie, with a little bit of cream. I said gross a lot there. People might think I'm you a did, finicky yeah. eater. Yeah, <laughs> not picky at all, are you? Uh, you actually eat everything, Nick, don't you? There's not much you don't eat, really, so that's all good. Um, let's wrap up then, Nick, shall we? Wrap it up like a Christmas like a present. Like a lovely Christmas present. Oh, so, one last one. What's your favourite Christmas song? A Christmas song. Yeah. Now, I'll sing it to you. Got um, it. How long do we get before we have to play movies? Uh, it's ten seconds. Simply have oh, it. I'll cut it out before you hit the chorus. You're not allowed to. But, Why? Because you can't. Oh, fuck that bullshit. But for me, it's Fairytale uh, New York. Hate it. Why would you like it? Because it's, it's a scumbag offender. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's the flutey bits. No, no. Oh, so mine would be. I hate pop. Fucking mine would be Mariah Slade. Carey. No, no. Oh, Mar- okay, you got mine for that there. Yeah. Um, Christmas wrapping. Then give me. It's alright. Slade's definitely there. Wizard's definitely there. Wish it could be Christmas. Yeah. Even um, John and Yoko. Yeah. Not a Christmas song, but wasn't yeah. released at Christmas originally. Yeah, exactly, but... yeah. Shaking Stevens. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it, Shaking Stevens. Um, Mr. Wine. No. There's so many for me. Wow, Run DMC. No. Nothing, nothing that's... It's got to be corny. That was I, corny. I, I like... I, I like the... I don't like Chris Rear. Loving the whole like Christmas yeah, don't again. Like that. Yeah, don't like that at all. I like... Yeah, I love that one. Don't know who sings it. Anyone can tell us, just email us. Yeah, I love that one. It's cool. I think it's Mud, isn't it? No, no it's not Mud, is it? Oh, I can't think of his name now. Oh, I can see him in my head. Yeah, um, he's in yeah. fucking uniform. Yeah, I like everything, all the cornier ones and all that sort of stuff. And, and I liked... Um, Jonah Louis. Who's that one? That's him. Oh, is he? Oh, right, cool. Band Aid, obviously. Classic. Which one? They did it about fucking 12 times. The original. The first one, yeah. What was the American one? They did this. We are the world. (laughs) We are the children. Can't remember what it's called. Yeah, can't remember what it's called. Uh, But I love that one as well. Coming out at the same time. Did you get. My sister had the record of it. With all on the front, I had the people on the front. On the back, I had the same thing, the silhouette. Yeah. And you had to guess what the people were without flipping it over. What about Smith and Jones and Kim Wilde? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've still got Rocking my. Around. Yeah. I've still got the record of that. Takes you straight back. I love Kim Wilde then as well. 
Like yeah, she was sexy. Really. Everything. I'd love it. I'd love an American Christmas. Love it. But they're not as big on Christmas as we are. No, because they have Thanksgiving. That's their thing, Thanksgiving yeah. to them is a bigger, bigger event, isn't it? Christmas. Let's wrap it up. Um, what's your favourite pudding at Christmas? Are you a Christmas pudding kind of guy? No. The only time I've ever had Christmas pudding as an adult was at the O2 Christmas party. Tasty? No. Um, oh yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, not really. I'm not. What do you have then? Gatto. Oh, Gatox. Chocolate nice. Gatto. Get to you. We we had the option, so we've always we always had an option at Christmas. Every Christmas, and we probably still have the option now. It'll be a Gatto Black Forest one. It'll be a trifle or Christmas pudding. Be one of the, or Holly's oh, trifle, doing, yeah, I forgot about yeah, trifle. Yeah, Holly's doing it this year. Trifle so. was the Boxing Day put in for me, though. Yeah, my mum loves making a trifle on Boxing Day, but the older she got, the less nicer the the <laughs> the less she gets. <laughs> she'd go to the packet ones instead, yeah. instead of making not a copy. Same, is it? Yeah, no, it's not the same. She needs to up her game at seventy years old. She needs to up her fucking what game. What the fuck else is she doing? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, no, niece is doing it, so there'll probably be a Viennetta. At some point, she's never liked it. Nah, it's too sweet. And that horrible fucking cold Swiss roll that had the ice cream in the middle. Arctic roll. Horrible. Nice. That's going back some banked Alaska as well. My attention then would straight away turn to Christmas, my birthday. Um, Boxing Day was Boxing Day. Um, Still don't know what what it's called, Boxing Day. Um, I have looked it up a few times. Can't be asked to look it up. It's only called Boxing Day, really, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think anyone else calls it that anyway. So, anyway. I'll, I'll be then, um, but then it was always like a, a, almost every day was a rich dinner, all the way like a very fully filling big dinner, mm. bubbling squeak on the Boxing Day with cold meats yeah. and stuff. Always, a, always a great go-to dish. And then you'd have your cold, cold meats and pickles in the evening. Um, but then my, I would have now Christmas Day as my pudding. I, I like Christmas pudding, lovely. Um, but I'd have what I used to always want. I was a weird kid, so my birthday, I'd have my birthday roast dinner because I loved roast dinners. Yep. That was that was my go-to one. Always wanted to nick a block of glory. Um, uh, that was cool. What I just saw there, <clears throat> nick a block of glory, but never got one. Um, and then I said saw this thing on uh, a movie. What's well, can't even remember what the movie is. Can't tell you what it is, but it was a flan. So, you know, sponge base yep. um, with fruit in it and then quick gel, is it, that sets it all together yeah. and then you pipe bits of cream on the top. And I saw that and I thought, that is amazing. Mum, I'd like one of them. Really? And that was it. That that was me, that was my pudding for from about eight to about 18. That was, and my auntie used to make me a cake, which was, um, the, the, when I was younger, it was just a nice Victoria sponge and all that sort of stuff, nice. The older I got and the fatter I got, she thought she'd be a bit better. So she did this one with no sugar in it, no lard, a marge and that, but it was still an amazing cake. And obviously she's not with us anymore, so um, she's dead, I mean, she's not just not with us. Yeah. Um, not room for her in this cabin. Not, not, not it's too small this cabin, isn't it? Cabin in the woods. Mm. Um, yeah, so Christmas, and do you have a toast at Christmas Day for the people we lost that year and things like that? No, we Talk don't drink for Christmas stuff. Day. Yeah. You don't have any sort of alcohol just for your dinner or anything like that? Some, well, we have a bit of wine yeah, with dinner, wine, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. But we are going to have to wrap up because I might wee myself in a second. You have been shaky for a bit, haven't you? Yeah. And I thought it was because I mentioned shaking Steve. Oh, it's crawling. Yeah. Go on. Go on, have yourself a wee. So that's us, guys. This I- is our Christmas. If we don't speak to you before Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas. Happy from Christmas. From Dude 2 and Dude 1.
Merry Christmas, y'all.